Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we're talking about the 1990 Steven Seagal flick, Hard to Kill, directed by Bruce Malmuth, who directed other wonders, such as Karate Kid 2 and Nighthawks. <laughs> um, with me to talk Seagal is the good, the bad, and the funny, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? Excellent. Also with me is a very special guest, a film critic and award-winning screenwriter and filmmaker, Hermione Flavia. Welcome to our show. Thank you. And I'll pause there and make sure I should have checked on the pronunciation of your last name. Is that right? Oh, no, it was it was right. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> it was perfect. Thank you. Okay, so hard to kill. Um, I'm going to start with the guest as always. Uh, Hermione, what did you think of the film? Oh, my God. This film is amazing. <laughs> it is. It's, um, it's got a bit of everything. It's such a wonderful, like kind of it's got a little bit of like the late 80s action feel to it but i guess seagal was a bit more of a 90s action guy you guys probably a bit more um on the ball with all the those kinds of things but i love it i think it's great i think you're right um it it definitely has the (laughs) 80s feeling um and he did yeah, he went on to, I don't know what went wrong, and I'm sure we're going to get to that as we continue to go. But there was something so <laughs> right about this. You could see, watching this movie, how he became a superstar. And, Absolutely. you know, just to see where he's fallen, well, that's a whole other conversation. Lee, what did you think? Oh, yeah, in my notes, I, I thought that if Julia Child in her book had made a recipe for an 80s action film, this would have been it. It had the appropriate mixture of sexuality, variation, and firearms, uh, the general violence is there. The obligatory wrecking of a sports car. Everybody's <laughs> dialogue is like boiled down to Kraken wise and the inappropriate character of our Latino brother and all come together to make a movie that's just delicious and, and terrible for you. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really love is um, that he stays so true to his form um, doing Aikido. It's like he was just trying to show it off so hardcore. Like, it is legitimate because Aikido's always mm-hmm. been looked down upon as uh, sort of a, uh, something that old people go and they do to try to stay in shape. I've taken it myself, so I, I know firsthand <laughs> you don't come out of an Aikido class feeling like Bruce Lee. You come out feeling, you know, you've rolled around a lot and got thrown to the floor a bunch. So, um, yeah, he's really, really true to that. It's quite amazing how he made that, like, his calling card as well. As Like, when you look at kind of Schwarzenegger or Stallone, the kind of classic big guys. I mean, he is a tall guy, but his build is so different. And his his kind of style and approach is different. Even while he's delivering the classic one-liners and stuff, he's he has a different feel, I think, than the other guys. Yeah, and it, it had a lot to do with, I think, his youth. Um, I was talking to someone. I was talking to Michael Worth about this last night. And, you know, it... It's something about how thin and tall um, and the ponytail that he brought in as his trademark, he was able to t- just deliver lines like that. And it, it it seemed natural. He seemed cool. And now that he's, you know, 300 pounds and, you know, he's he's just such a monstrosity, when it comes out of him now, it just sounds like he's really bored. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I saw something recently and it was it's all the same lines. It's not like he's changed at all. It's just somehow... I don't know. I guess it's it's the difference between Michael Jackson singing Thriller and me singing Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't doesn't quite work. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about our favorite scenes. Uh, we'll start with you, Hermione. What did you, what was your favorite scene in this? Uh, this is really tough. Um, when you sent the notes over and you were like favorite scene, I was like, oh my god, this whole film though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I could, I, so anything with Kelly the Brock in it, all of those scenes, I really enjoy. Because every time she's wearing a different outfit, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And I just kind of really enjoyed that when I was re-watching it recently. I was like, what? There's another outfit, another outfit. But um, oh, I guess that's awesome kind of like that a, you noticed that, a girly take on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, but I guess my favorite scene, uh, if I had sort of to pick one, um, there's a scene, <laughs> I guess in every Steven Seagal film, there seems to be a scene where he goes into like a kind of corner grocery store um, type of a place. And in this one, I think it's actually a bottle shop. Do you guys call them that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like a liquor store. And he goes in to get some champagne and um, <laughs> these uh, Hispanic kind of thugs come in and they're like kind of throwing their weight around and he's just so casual. It's hilarious. He's just kind of looking at them and you just think like, any, you know, there's just no reaction. And then towards the end of the scene after he sort of, taken everybody out in the gang um <laughs> he's taunting this guy who has a knife and he's like oh you know i'll get down on my knees to make it easier for you is that more fair and he's like because he's such a tall guy it just cracks me up oh yeah <laughs> it's you, a wonderful scene you, i think you, it's one of the the good ones um i mean he was always throwing somebody out of a window there's always a scene in a grocery store where he just smashes the place up and then he just leaves he just goes home or goes to like whatever he has to do next there's no sense of like maybe i should leave a note to explain what happened here or something i don't know (laughs) yeah that was by far my favorite scene too so uh, i'm gonna have to think up my first favorite scene but yeah it's so it was so (laughs) delicious to the way he he kept taunting him and and he was so freaking arrogant you know He's like, oh, yeah, look, yeah. better? And then he, he went as far as to, to the last, the, the bad guy. So everyone else is dead or broken arms and stuff. He makes him, like, he gets on top of him and breaks his freaking foot. <laughs> it's actually really gross, too. Like, I mean, I watch a lot of, like, horror movies and stuff now. Like, you know how kind of gruesome horror movies are now. <laughs> and he, like, bends his foot back and twists it. And the foot twists. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's actually, like, pretty gross considering... How old the film is, you kind of wouldn't expect to get that reaction. <laughs> this is graphic I think. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to piggyback on that because there's a scene just before he taunts that guy where there's a, there's one of the assailants is, is about the same stature as Steven Seagal. And they do a great cam. It's the only, it's like a flash of brilliance. A lot of the action sequences for me were pretty mundane. But there's a flash of brilliance where he takes down that big guy and it's so fast and it's so mm. real. And that guy had to have hurt even though Seagal was clearly not trying to hurt him. And it was like, that was that flash in the pan. That was that one scene where you saw that really Steven Seagal is the real thing. And he's just being portrayed in a different way. You know, he kind of oscillates between David Carradine and like a genuine like respect for that culture. And then Uh at the next moment, he's like just belligerent and vain. And (laughs) it's just, (laughs) I love that part. Yeah. Okay. He's notorious for not, holding back on set isn't he because when i was telling a friend of mine um who kind of works in film and stuff and i was like oh yeah steven seagal and they were like you can't talk about steven seagal and i'm like why why what's wrong and they were like oh because he's he's such a dick like he's so mean apparently he just breaks people's arms on set and just is like when he's supposed to not um when he's supposed to not break someone's arm, right? Basically. Yeah, he's like he just he can't. He can't help. It. Like it's like the I'm just doing my I'm just doing my martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. 
So I don't know. It's I find that interesting that like um I think a lot of people that are action guys are often quite nice people, I think, but I don't know, like he seems to be the mm-hmm. the bad boy of the bad boys, I guess or something. I don't know. I don't old... know if he's still like that. Oh, I've seen old footage of him when he was a sensei and he's, you know, yeah. he's training his people and he is just such a such a dickhead. <laughs> you know, he's making them fight longer than they want to. And he's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Haven't I taught you? And once somebody makes a mistake, like, you know, he just makes everybody feel like shit as he kind of props himself up. And now I think he's gone. I feel like he must have just taken too much drugs or something because now he's like lost touch of reality. You talk to him and he's like, I'm a dragon, you know, and weird, <laughs> weird crap like that. Like, I'm on another realm and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it's just a weird, weird dude. All right, so Lee, yeah. your first favorite scene. Feed it to me. Okay, so he's... Oh, wait, um... don't... I'm going to guess it like I always do, and I always okay. get it right. right. The hospital kitty, right? Damn, God damn it. <laughs> that bit is really funny. <laughs> like, yeah, for the people who haven't seen the movie, essentially, he's come out of a coma. Um, and no, he's, he's, he's still in know, a he's coma. He's got the atrophy that comes with it, and... Uh, while people are being gunned down, he's he's managing to barely get into this elevator in the in the kitty, and he's like completely bound, almost like a wheelchair person, and he's got like a mop, and he's just like pushing buttons with a mop, and I just pictured like just some really lazy senior citizen with like a stick, just <laughs> d- ambly doing things, you know, and then uh, he gets a, he eventually gets uh, the, the the British girl to. Uh, to help him out but that scene that just i just couldn't stop laughing i i did i did seek back and watch it again i was i couldn't believe they put this in the movie and he kind (laughs) of like throughout most of the movie he kind of like when there's not an action sequence he looks like he's having a good time he looked pissed in all those scenes oh god i would be too because that would be annoying to just be like make it look real right i i always have to take a step back and think like what was the director like and you know him and he's trying (laughs) to be like he wasn't super famous yet he was getting there but yeah, oh, he probably was. But either way, you know, he's laying there, and you can hear the director just like, "No, no, you still look like you can move too much. Like, be more gimped <laughs> out. No, no, turn it down. Yeah, turn it down." I thought you were gonna say the kitten scene oh. that comes just before that, where Kelly LeBron oh, walks yeah. over and he's in a coma, and she's like, That's says there. something about pussy, and then just produces a kitten, and oh, it's like, she even said that to you, so awkward pussy? and cheesy. Yeah, the, that's right. <laughs> the the best part was before that she is like she goes over there and she lifts up the the sheet and she's like oh, yeah. she she's she's implying he's extremely well endowed. She's like you got so much to live for and I just thought there's seven and a half billion people in this world and someone has a fetish about people in comas with big dicks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so funny. That was such they were married, right? Those two? Her and, and him? Is that right? Yeah. Yep. I think during, it, maybe it happened during the movie, or but they stayed together for years, um, and then oh wow, yeah. Yeah. wow, it was the That's end of her outfit. career actually. <laughs> really, <laughs> she been... she she was a model or something. I remember yeah. her from from that era, but I was so young that you know you just sort of remember the name and the face. Um, yeah, yeah, she was in a really <laughs> famous eighties film, uh, nineteen eighty five, Weird Science. She played, I love weird yeah, science. She played the the girl so that the two boys made as their sex toy, and then of course they never have sex with her. She just you know helps them become better men or boys or whatever. Yeah, it's actually kind of a nice film in that sense, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you exactly. kind of think it's going to go in one direction, and it actually goes into quite 
a sweet kind of a thing. But at that age, I was, you know, I was in my teens, young teens, and I was just like, I felt ripped off. I'm like, what? Commercials and everything they're showing? I mean, you didn't even get to see her naked. It was like, what the fuck did you guys just pull off on me? Uh. Aw, that's funny. And I have to then say um, uh, a shout out to Bill Paxton as Chet. Um, Rest in peace, dude. Game over, man. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's, uh, do you want to go around again? Do you, do you have a second favorite scene that you want to describe? Um, Cause if you do, I, I think we can keep going. <laughs> there's so many in this. Yeah. I think there's a scene where, uh, he, so he's out of his coma and he's managed to kind of run away with the, with the nurse who's going to help him. And she's house sitting. I don't know why she's house sitting, but she's house sitting. This really nice house. <laughs> it was so convenient. It's like, no, no. oh, I've got it's this amazing. whole estate that I'm getting yeah. this house to. And the the bad guys come, um, which is um, so he's a cop, right? And um, he had he overheard some stuff. So now that he's out of his coma, they're out to get him and suppress this information that he has about a guy who's running politi- for political office and all this. It's a MacGuffin. It's all, you know, whatever. But they 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 know he's where he is, and they come to get him, and the house just gets trashed. <laughs> and he doesn't care. No. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, if you were house-sitting, like... You know, th- those thoughts when you watch films sometimes where you're just too logical just for a second, and you're like, oh, that house. Like, how is she going to explain that? Right. <laughs> and then the whole thing just gets complete there's like walls get taken out and all this ridiculous stuff and as they're driving away they, they manage to get away in the car and she's like oh i forgot to lock the front door <laughs> <Yeah. It's laughs> they were like... even making fun of themselves for that like, <laughs> <laughs> it's great like it's just a such a it's a, a good scene there's some good like kind of deaths and and um, yeah lots of machine some guns good, some good moments within the fight scene in that which are quite good my favorite implication about that whole thing is like when he's working out and she comes by and they screw and the implica- for me the implication is, is that they probably screwed all over that poor Chinese doctor's house <laughs> good point good point I was going to say I'm sure there's a deleted scene somewhere where he had the line damn it I forgot to crap in his pool <laughs> <laughs> I mean they just took advantage of that doctor's things. oh my lord that's awesome but there's no repercussions for that of course yeah which just, I also love. Just like the bottle shop. Yeah. All right, well, on to you, Lee. Give me number two, if you've got one. Uh, yeah, certainly. There's a scene where um, he goes back to uh, to get the camera and the old house, and uh, they're remodeling, and where he the, the little <laughs> spot that he had hidden it has plaster on it, and so he just, like, rips the plaster and gets the camera and you're like oh he got the evidence but you're like he's a dick you know and then like yeah. and then he she comes in and he's like oh I, I just fell I, I think your contractor's doing a bad job and he totally <laughs> throws the contractor under the bus I was just like dude that's a dick move man okay but who plasters over an ironing board that's built into the wall I mean I don't know. Yeah, okay. LA the contractors. Con- the contractor did a really bad job. So I don't know if he was thrown under the bus. I think that was like a fair assessment. No, dude, you can't throw him under the bus <laughs> like that. That's, me. <laughs> That's that guy's livelihood. Okay, well, um, I, I've got kind of a double. Because um, they all fit together. You know, he's gone after the dudes, and he's in there, and he he's seeing red, and he does the pool stick into the guy's throat, which I just thought was 
dark all by itself. Oh, but he's yeah. taking out everyone. And this is just so classic. This is those things that you find in these movies, and you're like, what? On the toilet seat, it says, in, in like, lipstick, anticipation of death is worse than death itself. <laughs> like, the dude, he was just going to go in there and try to go to the bathroom, and he's reading this. It was so funny. I laughed out loud. Because I'm like... Who is the time? Can you picture Seagal in there, like, crouched <laughs> over the toilet with some lipstick? And he thought that up. He's like, oh, this is going to be cruel. <laughs> was but more also, like just from a sort... girl's perspective, you're going to be like, where's my lipstick? <laughs> like, that cost me, like, 30 pounds. And he's going to be like, I don't know, babe. Like, so it's like, it's bad on both sides. It's not okay. Oh, right. Or she does come back in. She wants, to, right, she wants to collect her stuff, but the, <laughs> the tip of it's all worn down. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's funny. But that bathroom, that's at the end, right, in the mansion. Yeah. Um, That bathroom is amazing. Yeah. Like, random comment of Jay, but um, it's like a real 80s bathroom. When I watched it, I was like, wow, that bathroom is just, it's so 80s. It's amazing. It's got tiles and, like, marble and things built into things and gold taps and stuff. Oh, the whole place was like they just watched, um, uh, uh, what's it called tony montana like they watched one of those shows and they're like well what is what do, what do rich people have well just put a put a lean a painting on this wall and then we'll have like a dressing curtain over here or it was probably just random shit they found out from other sets of other movies they're like come on we got to fill this house up this guy needs to look like he's loaded so but then we have one of the funniest scenes of him just walking through and i didn't i mean we know how it's gonna end but it's still like oh are you behind this how about under the bed? <laughs> just like, if I were that dude, I'd be like in the closet going, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Not to mention I'm hiding in a closet with a shotgun, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I have a question for you. Because yeah. there's a scene where he's, you know, his, the, the, the line that the, that the bad guy keeps using is, you can take that to the bank. And mm-hmm. he sees oh, it yeah. on TV and he's like, I'm going to take you to the bank. The blood bank. So, <laughs> best line ever. I was so thinking, good. I was thinking, like, if Ghost, if you were, like, let's say you're with a lovely lady that you have, you know, casual sex with, and it's great, and you're laying in bed, and her pillow talk is, I'm going to take you to the bank. The sperm bank. <laughs> is that, like, a threat? Or is she, like, initiating? So, I don't know. I that sounds like that. a threat. Because yeah. that's, like... Some kind. Of, I swear that's some kind of entrapment. Like you're going to end up with a kid or something that you don't I'm want. Milk you dry. Oh. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. Yeah, it would definitely be a major turn off. <laughs> I'd be like, well, maybe we should just watch television. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to oh. ask you a question too, Hermione, because I I, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Does Does O'Malley have a first name? I Oma- uh, which I one's O'Malley? That. He's the he's the captain guy, Uncle O'Malley, Captain O'Malley, the two oh. O'Malley. But if your name's O'Malley, like, do you need another name? <laughs> I, I just the whole time they're like O'Malley, O'Malley. Even the kids like O'Malley. Oh, like, <laughs> like, does he? Did they ever say his first name? I didn't catch it. I I don't think so. But the names in this, like in these films, are always I don't know, like kind of arbitrary, like. Because the same kind of characters occur in the next one. So you'd be like, yeah, it's O'Malley. And then you'd be like, oh, no, no, wait, that's in Above the Law or something, you know? So yeah. To me, it's like, 
I don't know. I don't remember the names in them. The screenwriter was like, you know, he's like, okay, so our main characters definitely has to have an awesome name. What is it going to be? You know, and they yeah. co- finally come up after like brainstorming Mason Storm. Okay. That's an um, so awesome now, what about name the, though. Yeah. <laughs> what about the rest? It's so good. Just, just stuff. When um, we got a kitten recently, well, like five months ago, and <laughs> I can't name things to save my life. So <laughs> I kind of like, we. it's a black cat, so I called him Grimoire, which is not yeah. too bad. No, that's pretty But good. some of the names I came up with, like if I could name things, like they name Steven Seagal in Steven Seagal movies, right. you know, you'd be set. Yeah. Yeah, that's I awesome. Mean. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, it, O'Malley was, by the way, Lieutenant Kevin O'Malley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has no okay, real identity. Nomadic. They wrote that into the script, so it's 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 official. But yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, are you guys ready for your top six challenge? I don't know. I okay, so. I'm gonna take that as a yes. Uh... <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, hold on. Let's... Uh, who wants to go first? Well, I don't go first. You know that. You do sometimes. That's why I started no, asking again. No, no, I do not. All right. Well, then question number one is going to you, Hermione. And okay. the first four questions I have are about seagulls. Damn it. <laughs> awesome. So your question is, where does a seagull nest? Is it a trick question? No, no. This is literally, okay. I'm asking you nature questions. Um, so back... Back home uh, in Australia, um, seagulls usually nest in like rocky kind of areas where they're safe from predators. Yeah. But um, in the you, UK... You've, you've already got it. That's totally right. Um, oh, they, okay. they build their nests are usually on the ground and, you know, um, they put them on cliffs or in rocks and stuff so they can, um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. Um, cool. So there's, there's one. Number two, Lee, do seagulls mate for life? Hmm, that's a good question because birds, like most of them do, but some of them don't. Uh, and what's really weird is that some birds, like they'll, uh, like they'll get with a guy that they know they're not going to be with, and then they'll have his kid, and then they'll find like another bird that's not as good, and then they'll mate for life and raise those kids. I'm going to say, are you some sort of bird doctor? Because that yeah. was really that's kind of interesting. It's like. One of them would make a good biological parent, but one of them is better at parenting. So she's like, she's got it all figured out. I can, yeah, like, there's a kind of intelligence to that. Yeah, it, 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 we share a lot of. Um, Matt Ridley is great if you ever want to look him up on genetics. But uh, basically, I'm going to say, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yes, they do. Good one. You've got a point. They're monogamous, mate for life, rarely divorce. A strong um, uh, uh, family structure. Um, it helps them oh. against predators um, to keep them in little colonies. And um, like intruders can be ganged up on by up to a hundred gulls at a time that come just wow. rip them apart. That's All right. beautiful. Yeah. That's Number three. Number three. Uh, can seagulls drink salt water? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah, good one. It, it, that was a 50-50. I know most of these are. It's like, yes or no. But um, they're one of the few species that can do it, and that's how they can venture far, far out to sea in search of food. So they can drop yeah, I was down. thinking that, because you see them quite far out. Yeah, yeah they have special glands up just above their eyes that flush the salt from their systems out through their nostrils. So oh, that's, that's a so cool. Cool scene. 
That's why they're so salty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. This one's for you, Lee. Uh, oh, yeah. How does the seagull open clams? And, you know, those kinds of... Okay. What they do is they take it up really high up, and then they drop it down, yeah. and it busts the shell. It's a fact, Jackson. Yeah. They also teach their young that maneuver, and they pass it on to, you know, other seagulls. Like, if they didn't, if they see a seagull that's too stupid to open one, they'll be like, hey, watch Aww. me. And they go down. Oh, that's home- nice. that's good homeschooling right That's there. quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, these last two questions. Uh, I ran out of single questions because then they just started being like really <laughs> obvious, you know. Um, so I have just the two. These are uh, terrible questions, but um, this one's for you, Hermione. It's what do you think? Or just, it's it's going to be a guess. The highest rated Steven Seagal film according to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, um, ah, I know it's the one where he's on the boat. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, you have to say it. Otherwise, uh, under siege. Yeah. Under siege. Uh, <laughs> Am nicely, I right? Nicely done. Yep, seventy six percent. I love that movie. Love it. And this is um, this is the cruelest. Uh, this is the cruelest thing I'm going to do to Lee because there's no way you're going to guess the mm. lowest rated. But you're, good, that's good. your question. What's the lowest rated? And I'll give you only one hint. That Billy of the Beast. It was 2016. <laughs> I wish it was Billy of the Beast because that was one of the worst freaking movies he's ever done. But no, he oh, did this turn called Contract to Kill. Ooh. And Ooh. Uh, I'll give you a taste here. I liked this one um, review. Yeah, this is a, a gentleman whose name I can't really... Um, I'll try it. It's Ignaty Vishnetsky um, from the AV Club. He said, overall, he gives the kind of performance traditionally associated with stars who died during the filming. And yet, Steven Seagal is in almost every scene. <laughs> I know, like, that is the cruelest thing I've ever read about any actor in any film, so. Do you think in this movie, contractually, there was a stipulation that he always had to wear black and whatever applicable uh, Versace? Because it was weird. It was like he was always wearing black, and then he was wearing, like, Versace at the beginning of the movie when they tried to make him look young. And anytime he could wear a suit, it was always Versace. I think Maybe. he was, I think he was wearing his, his, like, regular everyday clothes. Oh, yeah. He has amazing costumes in, in these early films. There's one where he has like a sleeveless jacket that like kind of opens to a really no, low v-neck that he wears like a gold chain with. And then he accessorizes it with a beret and you're like, what? <laughs> and I was sitting there watching it and I was like, that's something that I would wear. <laughs> like, this is really weird. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, congratulations. I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, You've won the top six challenge against Lee. Oh, Lee yes. always loses anyway, so don't feel uh, oh. feel too good. I won't feel too superior. You're going to post me like a seagull or something now. Yeah, no, that was really good. I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad that all my seagull questions, I, I, you guys answered them all. That's, uh, I really, it was a, kind of a, just a spoil that I threw into terrible final questions. So bad, bad on me. Well, uh, let's go on to, let's talk about wildfire movies. Tell me what's going on and what you're doing and Ooh. Um Well, what am I doing? Um September is um on going to the story blog. They always do two writing months a year in March and in September. So uh this month I'm gonna try and do a little bit more uh screenwriting. So I don't wanna tell you too much about what I'm gonna do because partly because I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. <laughs> but partly because um 
you know, sometimes when you start out to do one thing, it naturally becomes something else. But one thing I want to do um, is a little short, like, YouTube series for my nephew, who's four. So um, I'm going to try and do, like, a little series of um, short stories. But I don't know if it's going to work, because every time I sort of write, a, a, like, a, a story or a script... In my head, it's quite cheerful and funny. And when other people read it, they're like, wow, that's really dark. <laughs> and he's four. <laughs> right. So I think I'll just do it and kind of see what happens. And if it ends up being for adults, that's fine too. Yeah, if <laughs> he's crying and you know, right? he can't go outside the house anymore and, you know, all that. You know, yeah, my, you'll know my you. brother... My brother just says the, like, the weirdest things to him sometimes. So he's probably already traumatized. Well, kids are my, really my... good with that. When my, yeah. when my little yeah. one was like six... Um, she was super into Chucky, so it's he just. <laughs> My brother was the same. I think that's why he does it because he was into horror movies when he was really little, and he shouldn't have been, but he was. And I think that's why he doesn't have that filter of like what you should say to a small child and and what. Well, you never know with kids anyway, do you? Right. You can you can say stuff to them and it's like they're fine, and you say something that you think is quite normal or or not scary and they're like have nightmares about it so. yeah what rocks aren't alive uh, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well shoot yeah. yeah well cool um and also uh yeah i'd like to throw out uh on twitter you do have a ton you're very prolific with your um your reviews and lots oh i of love good, reviewing lots of good reading out there yeah thank you <laughs> of course uh leroy yes Eden. Anything, <laughs> anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I got drunk last night. It was awesome. Um, had a little gastrointestinal distress, but otherwise, didn't we talk good. last night? We did. We we did. All right. Well, didn't I'm gonna... didn't we talk last night? <laughs> I, I drank a lot of whiskey last night, um, and I don't remember. I, yeah, it, it's rough. But okay, so I'm going to cut all that out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both uh, for joining me, and uh, until next time.